Good evening, Wellspring Church. Man, we are so glad to be back with you on our weekly podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I am loving uh, loving the Wednesday evening uh, uh, Facebook Live. And for those of you that are watching or listening, rather, on the podcast, um, man, I'm, in, I'm enjoying being able to have that readily available. And so if, uh, if you haven't, uh, man, we would love for you to subscribe uh, to our podcast. It's just simply, am I right, just Wellspring Church. Yep, Wellspring Church. Uh, and look for our W logo, and you'll uh, you'll find it. But uh, but if you subscribe, uh, you can uh, you, it'll pop up and let you know uh, whenever uh, whenever we publish. And so this week we're going to publish at least two, mm-hmm. uh, maybe three, depending on what we do. Two for sure. But uh, two for sure. Uh, the the next one after this is going to be uh, is going to definitely be one you want to make sure you subscribe and listen to. Uh, Josh Wilson, uh, an African American uh, worship pastor, pastor. A uh, great friend of mine. He's uh, spoke here at uh, Wellspring Church multiple times. Uh, Josh and I are going to be talking about the uh, the current culture uh, that we're in uh, and the climate, uh, what's around it, what's going on in our world today, and how does Scripture apply to uh, what's taking place in the world around us. And so it's going to be a it's going to be a must watch, much uh, must listen to uh, podcast. But today, uh, today we want to talk about Caleb. It was actually uh, able to bring the word. Uh, on Sunday and teach, and he taught from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and we were talking about this before the podcast, but uh, it's one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture, but then as I say that out loud, uh, for those of us that are Christians and have read the Bible, it's a standout verse. It's, uh, it's one that most people uh, have read and understand, uh, but it really is a call to holiness. It is a call to uh, a transformation, uh, and so I want to make sure I get this in before we really dive into Caleb's message. If, if you have met Jesus and you have given your life to Jesus, there has to be a transformation that takes place. And if you've not been transformed, man, yeah, it's a good, it's a good question to have. Like, have I, have I really given my life to him? And so Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that uh, to appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Uh, so he's talking to Christians. Uh, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, which we're seeing a lot of today. Uh, And a lot of Christians are going to social media uh, conforming uh, to some things. Uh, But it says to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, And so, Caleb, you talked to us uh, Sunday about being holy holy what 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 did you mean by your title holy holy so you know i started with you know talking about god and just that attribute of holiness there and it's it's something that we at least myself don't necessarily consider a lot you know Mm -hmm. we think about god's love we think about god's justice we think about his mercy his wrath like all these attributes that pop to our minds it's because it's something that we can understand we can identify with we can understand being merciful to somebody we can even understand like being wrathful towards something and a lot of times we do that in the wrong way but Mm -hmm. What we don't understand is how God is holy. And it's because, you know, that definition there, the literal definition of the word holy is other. Right. 
And so the holy, holy there at the beginning, the, the wordplay there with the, the W-H-O-L-L-Y, God is completely other. He is completely set apart. And then I heard this definition, um, which I quoted at the beginning, and I thought was really good, that God is higher and more superior than anything in the created world. Right. Um, and so that was kind of the working definition of holy there at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's... It's an obvious thought, but an interesting thought when you think about God is other. Because he's not us. Right. Uh, he's not, you know, you and I have similarities, but we're different. Mm. But God's other. Completely. Right. Just mm. it's, And he's higher. He is exalted. He is lifted up because he's in a different place and he is a different being in that sense. And when we begin to understand that that this God that is so different from us in that sense of being set apart, yet is still so understandably similar in He created us. We're His creation. Mm -hmm. And the love and the care and the concern. And so, uh, and so in your notes, you, know, you said Sunday that God is holy, holy, holy. We know that when we see that, that uh, repeated three times in Scripture, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek. Mm -hmm. There's some there's something there that we need to know, and what 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 is that that we need to know? Right. So, like you were saying, in the in the writing style, um, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, any form of repetition was right to grab your attention, saying this is important. So it's an exclamation point. It's a hey, listen, look right. here. And so when you look, you know, especially with Jesus, with him teaching, he said all the time, truly, truly, saying this is true. Right. It's not just true. It's true truth. Right. This is important. Pay attention. Right. And the reason I put holy, holy, holy there is because that is the one attribute of God mentioned in Scripture multiple times that is the three-peat there, the trifecta, like you said. Right. Which means it's not just the, the repetition of, hey, pay attention, this is important. They added it one more time. Right. Holy, 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 saying this right here is what sets it apart. This so what you're saying is, is that's more than just a good song. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, which is why, you know, uh, and where we get the song from is both in Isaiah's vision and in a revelation, both right. pictures of the throne room of heaven, right. where you have these powerful creatures right. who their job is just to proclaim the holiness of God. Yeah. Can, can you imagine, you, you preached about this, talked about this Sunday, but uh, Isaiah's vision there in Isaiah chapter 6, that <clears throat> walking into the temple... And just the presence of God mm -hmm. in that place. The seraphim that are protecting him, but, but also the seraphim that are there just proclaiming him. And Isaiah is like, woe is me. Right. I am ruined. Like I, I can't Moses says, I can't, I can't be here. I can't mm -hmm. be in the presence. And so we talked about this with my son other than the, in the truck. Right. Like, what, what what is this presence? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know where I kind of went next is like our initial response yeah. to God's holiness because he is so much higher and more superior. It's so our initial response is I should not be here. I'm not right. worthy to be here. That woe, like I said on Sunday, um, that Isaiah says, first of all, he goes, woe is me is that is utter like terror, like right. utter, like 
I have absolutely no job being here, you know? And, and I, I experience this as a pastor all the time in the sense of, hey, won't you come to church? Or, man, I, you know, if I walk into the auditorium, if I walk into the sanctuary, uh, the ceiling's going to cave in. Or the, uh, a guy once told me that the floors would open up and the gates of hell would engulf him. Uh, but, but really what people are expressing is... I understand my sinfulness. Right. And I understand that God is superior. They may not be able to articulate it that way. Mm-hmm. But that's really what they're saying is, man, I can't go to, I can't go to a, a church building because the presence of God is there. And I'm not worthy to be in His presence. Right. That's essentially what Isaiah was saying. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Isaiah was a godly man, and he went to the temple mainly because he was mourning. Uh, but, he, but he needed the presence of God. But what he got wasn't what he was expecting. And I think, you know, that is where we as Christians forget about the holiness of God so often is we can remember that experience of that conviction of knowing we're not worthy. But then after Jesus in our heart, it's like we forget almost who God is. And a lot of times, you know, I've seen this a lot on social media and and saying, you know, you know, my God wouldn't do this or the God I worship wouldn't do this, and we so often want to conform God to the image that we have. Right, in and our it's head. not. And it's not that way at all. Again, God is higher and more superior than anything we can even think of. Right. Because we we are the creatures, we are the created right. ones with the the limited, you know, mind and brain capacity here. Um, but what's so amazing is the fact that God does invite us in, and through Jesus' sacrifice. When God looks at us, He doesn't see that that right. sinfulness right. there. He doesn't see the fact that we are no longer unholy and can't be in a relationship with Him. Instead, He sees Jesus over top of us, covering it's, us. Yeah. And then yeah. when He looks on us, He says, "Oh, look, my beloved children." Let me let me clean up something that that you may have mistaken. I, I don't want to I don't want to paint an improper picture. Um, when people come to a church building today in reference to Isaiah going to a church building, Isaiah was going to the temple and the Spirit did dwell in the temple. Um, but the temple today, and as you're referring that Jesus has covered, we're the temple, not this building. And so we refer to this as an auditorium uh, because it's, it's a place where people gather. Uh, but the temple is here. The sanctuary, the holy place is here in us. Uh, probably not here, it's here, but, but it's in us. And, and in this holiness, like God wants us to be holy, which is really what you were talking about Sunday, is, is this holy, holy. Th- this building can't be holy. It's a building. But we can be holy. And the only way that we can be holy is because of Jesus. And he has covered us in his blood. He is co- and so we have been justified. We have been made just right in his image mm-hmm. because of the bloodshed of Jesus. And you talked about this uh, in, um, in, in Ephesians 5, that God's holiness then is the standard yes. for our lives. So, so how do we live by a standard when I know I'm sinful? People in our church are sinful. People that are outside of our church that are looking to come to church are saying, man, I can't go in the place because they don't understand that God wants to reside in us. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sinful, how can God then be the standard for holiness and how could I ever achieve it? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot there. But going back to Romans 12, the transformation has to happen. And that transformation comes when 
we encounter Jesus and when we cry out to him because there is that conviction like like you were saying we do know that we are sinful we do know that we don't measure up to God's standard right but then God says no 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 listen I know you couldn't do it so Jesus came and took care of that for yeah. you cry out to him as your savior so once there you know God looks at us and sees us as holy but then we can't stop there because then we have to live a holy life mm. Um, and that's where Ephesians 5 really comes in. And this is a really tough statement that Paul makes uh, in the chapter. But he calls us, calls himself as well, you know, he says, be imitators mm. of God. Mm. Be, you know, Jesus in the world. Yeah. Like, that's the standard that we're called to. First Peter uh, just says it point blank as Peter's writing to the church. says, be holy because the one who called you is holy. Right, and so as we're as we're trying to think and, and figure out what that standard is and, and how do we live like that, that's where Ephesians five really comes back in right. and lays it out. And then later on, we'll get to Romans twelve a little bit later on. But the, the apostles knew, and Jesus knew, and, and when he gave us the word that the standard is higher than what we can achieve in our flesh. Right. Um, but that's the process of sanctification. We say that big word, sanctification, and it literally means to make holy. Right. To set apart, to make holy. So, it, so and I wrote this in my notes, but, but we can't achieve holiness on our own. Right. I, I can't be good enough. And so back to the to the person who says, I can't come to the church building because the roof will collapse. It's because we think that inside of us, I, I've got to do something to clean myself up. Right. But there's nothing that I can do in a human response to that. It's only through the work and the power of Jesus, through the cross, through the Holy Spirit, that works in me. Right. And so, even though there's not a human response that I can do to clean myself up, humanly, what can I then do to be holy? So it comes back to that, that transformation, again, that we were talking about, where we have to be transformed from the unholy creature to now the holy creature. And that all happens through, uh, ironically enough, not even ironic, because God planted this way, the Holy Spirit. Right. He's the one that has the power to transform right. both our hearts and our minds and then going forward our actions. Um, and so the difference, the difference between Moses and Isaiah and us was they had to be in this physical proximity right. of... The Holy Spirit, if you will, shows up to Moses. God shows up and says, hey, uh, you can't look up on me, hide behind a rock. Uh, I'm going to pass by. You can catch a glimpse of my robe as it moves by. And even that was such glory, such holiness. But, but God is now, through Jesus, sent the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so now he doesn't have to pass by us. He actually lives in us. Right, and changes us as well. And so that's where the transformation comes Absolutely. from. Mm -hmm. And so in that in that presence of God. And so uh, you, you have in your notes here uh, that we need to have a repentant heart. We need to live by faith and we need to live by obedience. Mm -hmm. But still those are achieved only through the power of the Holy Spirit right. in us. And it, it comes back to understanding that and knowing that we have to rely on God for everything. Right. Um, to live a holy life, you absolutely have to cry out to God and help for help. And so, you know, the repentance at the beginning is crying out saying, I know I'm sinful and I know I can't save myself. 
please God save me. I know these are my sins. Let me turn towards you instead. Right. And then having faith that he's right. going to do it. Right. His promises are real and that if we do repent and turn, turn towards him, he is going to then walk with us and live inside of us and transform us. Because if it was just about repentance, God, I'm sorry. Right. There's a human, there's a human, like I've done something mm-hmm. and now God, I expect you to do something. But, but, the, but the element is, is faith. Right. That there's nothing that I can do. I just need to acknowledge that I am a sinner. I need to acknowledge that I am wrong mm-hmm. and that I haven't, God, I haven't lived by the way that you would want me to. But it's through faith that the Holy Spirit's going to come in and transform me. Right. And it's going to be through Him that work is done. Gosh, that takes so much pressure off of you. I know. And, you know, going back to earlier in Romans, is by faith we're saved, not of works yeah. that we can't boast. And so often, especially in our American culture here, it's, I'm going to do it. It's about me. I'm going to build myself up. Like, I'm going to live a good life. So at the end of the day, God can't help but put me in heaven because my good is going to outweigh my bad. Right. And God says, no, no. Like, that, that is not the standard at all. You are putting yourself in my position and expecting me to live by your rules. Yeah. And, and God just says, no. Yeah. That's not the standard at all. <laughs> um, but that's where, you know, like we were saying, repent, live by faith. But then obedience is key. Um, James tells us, you know, faith without works is dead. Right. And so, you know, we can repent, but if we just stick there and, like, we don't do anything after our repentance, like, we're just stagnant. We're not, we're not being transformed anymore. We're not living yeah. by the Holy Spirit's power. We're just stuck. Which is... <laughs> Uh, su- such amazing when you, when you really begin to put this together it's so amazing and so relieving that we're not saved by our works mm-hmm. and so faith doesn't come from our works we're not saved by any of that we're saved simply by putting our trust our faith our hope in Jesus and that he comes in but he's saying but I don't want you to just sit I don't want you to just rest there Right. There's work to be done. So we're not saved by our works, but through our faith there is works. Mm-hmm. And so our faith then becomes worthless if we don't work, if we don't do something. Because listen, what Jesus has done for you, if he has transformed your life, you can't keep that contained. Right. You're going to do something with that. And so that's that driving transformational power and when it's the Holy Spirit driving us, it's actually driving us to more holiness. Mm-hmm. And that holiness becomes attractive to people. And one of the key things, because you hear, like, God's got these works planned for me. God's got these plans for my life. And, you know, the initial retraction, almost like the laziness, the sinful side of us is like, that, that sounds hard. Like, I don't want to do it. I want to live, like, a quote-unquote easy life. That's where it comes back to knowing that God is more superior and higher than us and having that trust and faith in Him. Because if we live an obedient life, it's going to be the best possible life for us. Because He knows what the best possible life for us is. He created us. He knows way better than we do ourselves what is going to be best for us. So that obedient life is not, oh, I have to live now by all these really tough and hard rules and it's going to ruin everything that I have planned. It's no, you don't understand God's plan right. so much better than anything right. we could ever do that I should jump on board that train automatically, forget about whatever I'm doing that is not with God, and just 
run well, towards him. Isaiah's response, Woe is me, for I am ruined. You know, I'm a man of unclean lips. Mm -hmm. So a seraphim takes a coal, a burning coal, and touches his lips. And, 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 and what that signifies is, is a cleansing. Right. Is yeah, you were unclean, but when you've been touched by God, you've been cleansed. Mm -hmm. And so now his next response is, here I am, Lord, send me. Yeah. Like, I, I've been made holy, and other people need to be touched by you the way that I've been touched by you. And you, can't, you just can't keep that quiet. You can't, you can't just sit on that. Right. And so, so then we begin to live out of our holiness. I talk about this when I'm teaching through the book of Acts, but, but Acts 1.8 says to go therefore. We, we go into the world. We, we are carriers of the gospel. But we're only carriers of the gospel not because, not because pastor tells you to or not just because you've read it in the Bible. We're carriers of the gospel because of what he's done in us. If, if you were in a car accident and someone saved you from a burning fire in a car or something, you'd be thankful to that person and you would tell people about what they did for you. He saved us from ourselves and from an eternity separated from Him uh, because He is separated. He is holy. He is higher. Uh, and so we, when, uh, I mean, really what hell really is is being completely separated from God. That's, that's, a, that's a literal, we're separated from Him and there is no, there's no option now to come to Him because we've chosen to be separated from Him. And so, but, but here on earth, we're called to live holy. Right. But we live holy out of because he's touched us. We've been, Moses, when he caught a glimpse of him, I mean, it shone on him like glory. And so people could tell there was something different. And so when you've been touched by the gospel, people should be able to see that. Not because you said, hey, I'm going to church now. They can tell there's, there's something different in you. And, so, and you talked about that some right. Sunday, about how do we live holy. Yeah, living a holy life, again, if you just take that literal definition, living an other life, living a different life, we're supposed to look entirely different than what the world looks like. And yeah. going back to Ephesians 5 for a second, that's where, you know, our description is formerly in darkness, now right. you are the now light the of the world. And that, I mean, think about the contrast between darkness and right. light. That should be our contrast right. between the world and us. And then we're called to walk as children of the light. That, I mean, that should be our definition yeah. as we're going through life, as we're walking as children of light. And then he goes on to say, not conforming to the darkness. Because, you know, even with a bright light, you can, you can put shade around it. You can dampen that light. You can even <laughs> hide it completely if you put enough stuff on top of it. It says, don't conform. You can hide it under a bushel. No. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. But he says not conforming to the darkness, but in fact the opposite, exposing it. And that's what we're called to do. Is Sorry, that's just proof I grew up in church. Yeah, I know. If you caught that reference, hide it under a bushel, no. So you grew up in church. Sorry. <laughs> but can you imagine, just for one second, and this is, honestly, this was the toughest part about preaching this past Sunday, is because the implications of living a holy life are so huge. Mm -hmm. And we as a church have missed it. We've dampened the light enough that yeah. it's, it's tough because I was up there and at one point I'm, I'm extremely excited because God has called us to something amazing but I'm also I was so frustrated 
Yeah. Because we as the church have been missing the mark. I, we're not just shining this bright light at all times because we're like, this might have been somebody. This might make right. them uncomfortable. It's like, that's not the standard right. though. It, like God doesn't call us right. to comfort the people who are right. in their, their sin and stuff. Like there is, there's an aspect of loving them, mm-hmm. but it's not saying, you know, your sin's okay. Right. Like, it's okay to do that. We, and, and, and we're, we're going to talk about this more with Josh on that podcast. Um, uh, that's going to follow this, but when in, the, in our current cultural divide of racism, um, God created one race, human race. Mm-hmm. It's because of our sin that we've allowed skin color and culture and those kind of things to, to create the divide. It's our sin that does that. But what overcomes that is love. Mm-hmm. When, when we just love people, even though they may culturally do things different than we do, or they may physically look differently than we do, man, we look different and act different than God. And he still loves us unconditionally. Right. And so we can get past a whole lot when we stop compromising and just begin to say, man, God, will you teach me how to love someone unconditionally? You know, and I think if we can get our, our minds wrapped around the big picture as well, because you know, the reason that sin can come in and divide us is because we flip our roles again. We think we're God, and so right. anybody who's not like me isn't perfect, and so let me push them down, let me push them right. away to the top. It's like, no, I'm a creature lovingly created by God, and so are you. Yeah, I see this happen even in the, even in the church. It's like, I have sin, but let me point out that your sin's worse than my sin yeah. because I feel like I'm going to... And it's this constant blame game. And, and I can just tell you, here's a, here's a sure way to know when you're living in sin, when you're pointing out that someone's faults are worse than yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're called to live humbly. Yeah. We're, we're, but listen... We, we, we need to recognize our own shortcomings. But I don't need to recognize your shortcomings as well as my shortcomings to make me better than you. Like, we, we all have them. We're just called to love one another. Mm-hmm. It, which is pretty simple, <laughs> but extremely difficult. Right. And again, it's so... Because of sin. The, the living holy lives, I tried to sum it up in, in three points, which a little tough to do, but... You know, the first, like you were saying, we have to be characterized by love. And first and foremost, it's our love of God that people should know. Right, not our love for anything else. And it's loving God with everything. Jesus says, you know, to the Pharisees, love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, and your mind. Like, your whole Mm -hmm. essence there. And so if we're doing that, one, we're going to look different, living that holy life. But then secondly, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And... But that's where we struggle. It's like, I'm going to love you, but I'm still more important. Yeah, I, I know this is overly simplistic, and I was talking with one of my children a, a long time ago. Um, but, but where we live, we don't have any neighbors that you can see. Like, you can't see any houses from our house. Mm-hmm. And so we were having the conversation about, well, how do I love those people if I don't know them? Well, your neighbor isn't your physical next-door neighbor. Yeah. It is your physical next-door neighbor. You need to love... But it's the people in our community, it's the people that's around you that we're just called to love them. Mm-hmm. Nowhere does it talk about skin color. Nowhere does it talk about culture. Nowhere does it talk about their background. It, we're just called to love. Right. But we can understand that better when we've been loved. 
yes. when we understand what love is. And so again, it goes back to the, to the transformed part of this passage of Scripture. But when Jesus touches your life, you understand what it means to be loved unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And if you're struggling with that, again, go back and let's really talk about, let's, let's investigate more fully this encounter with Christ. Have you been transformed by His love? Going on the, the transformation there, living humbly in the world, if, if we as the church could grasp that concept mm. and really live it out, <laughs> I mean, talk about the change, the transformation that could happen. And it, again, this is going completely against Western culture, American society, which is all about building up your self-esteem, building up saying, I am the, the most worthy thing that has ever been made because yeah. I'm me. God calls us to put on compassionate hearts, live in humility, be meek. That is something you're never going to hear anybody tell you. It's like, you need to be meek, except our creator, God, above. Again, right. the, the highest and most superior thing ever says, you should be meek. But this is what, what really hit me hard. Philippians chapter 2 says, first of all, don't do anything out of selfish ambition. Don't do anything to, to promote yourself and make you better. But then it hits you even harder. It says... Look at others, view everybody around you as more significant than yourself. Yeah. If the church would just do that and that alone, yeah. that would blow not only the minds of the people they encounter, but the shockwave that would go out yeah. from the church really doing that. I mean, imagine, you know, you're, you go and I was getting my hair cut last week. And it's so easy just to sit there and not talk and just... I, you know, there's a TV right there. I can just watch the TV and be good to go. But if I go in there thinking, the people in here are more important than me, and what is the most important thing I can share with them is Jesus. Yeah. And if that's my mindset as I go everywhere, I, I walk into church and, you know, oh, I have things to do. I need to get ready to do the welcome. I need to make sure things are running well. It's like, pause and realize that the people who are coming in are more important. Right. Pause, and that's really what it is, is we get in such a big rush to do the, the little things of this world. And if we could think about the big picture and understand that the most important thing we can do is share the love of Jesus, share the gospel. And that's what, that's what I really ended on is we have been given access yeah. to an unimaginable treasure. And it's a treasure that's so amazing. I think back to... <laughs> um, I, I taught something similar to this out at Camp Grace to the, the children there because so often when we find something valuable, we want to keep it and hide it because we don't want it to run out. We want it for right. ourselves. God has given us a treasure that is not only more valuable than anything we'll ever find yeah. here. It's a treasure that doesn't run out. Yeah. It's a treasure that when you give, you actually don't lose anything. I, I love what you said Sunday that the gospel is the bridge. Right. It, it, is the, it is the bridge that we cross, that we use to cross, to say, hey, I've got a gift, and, and I want to share it with you, mm -hmm. which is humility. Um, but it's also, man, when, again, when we've been touched, when we've been transformed. And it's just like, man, when we understand that the gospel is the bridge. It, it is the bridge, and I know this is, we don't have time to talk about this, and, and it's overly simplistic, but if we want to overcome inequality, if we want to overcome racial divide, 
it the gospel is the bridge to that answer. Right. And again, when I am really looking forward to the conversation we're going to have yeah. with Pastor Josh yeah. as he comes in, but that's what we're going to try and dive into there yeah. is because it's not just the people who are hurting and in pain right now that need the gospel because they do. It's also the people whose sin has caused the hurt and the pain. Right. They need the gospel. Right. And I want to end on on this because it's something, I was having a conversation earlier today and I told you about it, where right now everybody is is trying to pick sides and they're going to choose their side Mm -hmm. for this big fight. Mm -hmm. And we are, are dangerously close to saying Jesus is on my side because I'm right and the other side saying no, Jesus is on my side because I'm right. And again, we're, we're flipping our roles. Right. And so just the picture of, of it was the, the story of Joshua as he comes into the land and he, he kneels down before yeah. the captain of the host and says, are you on our side or are you on the side of the people in this land? And who I believe to be Jesus in that situation says, right. Right. no. He just says no. It's like you talking to Joshua, you can be on my side. Right. But I'm on nobody's side. Right. Because I am above everything. Right. And so right now in the midst of the turmoil that's going on, as people are, are choosing one side or the other, the church really needs to be the bridge there, but it's the bridge that's taking both sides right. and saying, listen, we all need Jesus. We well, all need to be on his side. Culture wants to divide us. Mm-hmm. And culture wants to prop up what we feel good about. But, but the scripture knocks all those things out from underneath of us and says, listen, it's not about you. It's not about how you feel, and it's not even about the side that you're on. Because if you go back to that example of Joshua, that was God's chosen people. Right. But God said, no, 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 no. I, I'm not coming to you. I need you to come to me. And, and that, I think that really sums up where we're at, is that, man, we need to move to him. And, and the only way that we can move to Him is to be transformed by Him. The only way we're transformed by Him is to be touched by Him. Mm-hmm. It really is about us giving our lives to Christ. Gosh, y'all, this has been great. It's a, it is a meaty, heavy, <laughs> thick discussion, uh, but worthy, worthy to have. And so, uh, uh, so thank you guys for joining us. I just want to close us in prayer this morning. And again, uh, you can reach out to us. You can reach me at Chuck at wellspringchurch.life or Caleb, C-A-L-E-B, at wellspringchurch.life. Uh, you can direct message us on our uh, Wellspring page. Uh, but, as, but if God is speaking to you, uh, about anything, but if God is speaking to you about salvation, about being transformed, about giving your life to Him, gosh, we would love it. We would love it for you to reach out to us. Uh, we will follow up with you personally uh, if God is calling you to Him right now. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you, God, we are so thankful that you created us. And God, you are set apart separate. God, that you are drawing us to you, which is a call to holiness. And God, I believe that there are many that are listening to this podcast right now. God, that you are drawing them to holiness. And they're trying to figure that out. God, for those that are believers, God, would they just rest and listen and just be obedient. God, for those that have not given their life to you yet, 
God, may they lay their life down right now in this moment and just cry out to you, call you Father, invite you in as you give up your life and the Holy Spirit begins to move into you. Call him Father and ask him to forgive you of your sins right now. That you may live by faith to follow him. I believe that if you are sincere in your heart about inviting him into your life, you're sincere about being forgiven of your sins, that moment of transformation is coming to you. Will you just give your life to him right now? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we, we praise you that you're in the transforming business. And so, God, as we give our lives to you, for those of us that are Christians, that are believers, that are following you, God, may we lay down our lives again, as we should do daily, and follow you in obedience. God, we love you, and we give this to you in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next time.